Hey everybody, I'm Peter and my Stormtrooper armor is looking a little tight in the booty. He goes by Jabba the Hutt, it's Mike. How's it going Mike? Zing! Welcome to Rebels Rebels, the show that explores the Star Wars expanded universe through an episode by episode deep dive into the animated series Star Wars Rebels. Hey Pete, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm oh, doing real great. That's so nice to hear. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this episode. Actually, I forgot about this one, and I really, I really enjoyed it, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, do you have anything to announce? I don't even, what are we even doing right now? You know what? We are just, we are just in the thick of season two. We're about halfway through, getting mm-hmm. close to halfway through, two more episodes in, and yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for this season. Yeah, we're still... I need to think of a fun contest or something that will keep you updated. I did buy a bunch of packs for a dollar of Phantom Menace um, trading cards from a comic shop I visited. So maybe we should do like a live show where we just like open those up and talk about them and we can give a couple packs away or something. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So keep, keep, keep in tune. Is that the, stay tuned. This is the word. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter anymore. You can't tune in anymore because it's not a radio show. It's uh, like, download in. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Cool. All right, you ready to get into this, Mike? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. All right. So we are talking season two, episode nine, Stealth Strike. This episode was written by Matt Manichevitz, Minchevitz, sure. which I wanted to call out. I, sorry for mispronouncing your name. I want to call out because I thought this was a delightfully written episode. From Wikipedia, when the Empire uses a powerful new weapon to capture Ezra and Commander Sato, Rex and Kanan must put their differences aside to save their friends. Yeah. All right. So the episode starts out with a missing patrol, right? Mm-hmm. We have uh, Ezra right away with Sato on their awesome Corvette. Yeah. I was really wondering, I feel like I've asked this before, or I've said this before. I don't, I'm confused at how this is pronounced, but I thought this was maybe the Tanty 4. Yeah, um, yeah, but it's not. It's no. uh, the new Phoenix Home. I think it's called the Liberator. Oh, is it? Yeah, because um, okay. the first first couple episodes got blowed up. Yeah. The original Phoenix Home. Um, so this is a, a different one. Ah, huh. all right. Well, it's a, it's a great ship. I love it. Yeah, totally the Tanty Four looking, but not all right. It. Yeah. Um. So June Sato and Ezra Bridger are on their way to the Del Zenis system yeah um which i've never really heard of i guess it's just pretty much empty space yeah um which the empire we find later is using as a testing ground for a new weapon Harry. yep so maybe that's why we haven't heard of it there's nothing really there yeah. um but they are on their way to investigate the disappearance of that patrol that you mentioned and while they're on their way seems like this is the first time Ezra and Sato have really interacted or done anything together and Sato seems pretty suspicious of Ezra's inclusion on the mission doesn't know if he's up to snuff yeah you know what I was thinking is I wish we had seen 
It would have been such a nice tie-in if we had Sato and like Rogue One. I don't uh, know. Yeah, he's he's the kind of character I would love to see appear in the universe. Yeah, I don't want to get into yeah. spoilers. I know. I honestly I know. don't really remember because I've watched this in so long. But I don't know if he makes it to Rogue One, which is the problem. I don't remember either. We'll find out. But yeah, I don't know. It just seems like a a character like him would be easy totally. to put in and not need and like be deep enough to not need any explanation kind of just sit well totally it's one of those like um easter eggs that i actually really like that it's like people in the know can be like oh cool and people who aren't in the know don't have to scratch their head yeah and be like yeah it's not like nerd elitism where it's like oh totally. you need to know it's like no it's, a, <laughs> it's just a yeah. guy yep speaking of nerd elitism we'll probably do a deep dive on him and explain everything yeah that's what we do <laughs> so Ezra senses a disturbance in the force and then suddenly they're pulled out of hyperspace by an unknown force I gotta say that's the scariest thing ever to me <laughs> it, it just is in a universe where there is there are so many threats and like there's so much danger around you it seems like forever the one safe place has always been hyperspace where you can totally okay we're going to hyperspace Everyone can regather their thoughts. What are we going to do when we get out of hyperspace? Like we have to be on our guard. Like it's, it's like this momentary reprieve. Cause sometimes hyperspace can take days. Sometimes yeah. it could take minutes, but, um, wherever it is, it just, it seems like a safe space and <laughs> to be pulled safe out space. of it. In Social a, justice warrior, you and your safe spaces. <laughs> hyper, keep hyperspace a safe space. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, totally. I sense a shirt coming, writing that down. <laughs> um, no, but it's just so scary that it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, definitely. Um, and there's, a, on that point, there's kind of a cool touch that I liked where, um, if you read the Arabesh on like all the consoles and I've obviously everything's freaking out, like the ship's doing a 360 and all the lights are going crazy and they're not in hyperspace and everyone's like, oh my gosh, what's going on? But if you read the Arabesh, like it says, Shields are at half capacity, so who knows if that's good or bad. Engine levels are stable. Hyperspace drive functional. Local gravity field is stable. No proximity warning. Warning. No malfunctions present. So it's like the computer's like, everything's fine. What are you freaking out about? Like, yeah. it's just a completely new thing that they can't detect, which is yeah. kind of crazy. So scary. Um, yep. And then they, so right when they get pulled out and kind of get their bearings, we find a started a star destroyer kind of looming above. Right? Yeah. I've got a lot of information about this. Um, oh, do you on this specific yeah. star destroyer? Um, kind of. Yeah. It's, it's a little vague, but, um, the Sato identifies as a new type of star destroyer. Um, they're like, what is this? We don't know what it is. So I feel this like this name is a little weird. Cause I was going to say inductor, but it's an interdictor class star destroyer. <laughs> nice. Interdictor. Nice. <laughs> Barely know her. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's fitted with four gravity well projectors. Um, and so they mentioned this, that it's later in the episode. Sabine's like, well, you can't lock on to people in hyperspace because you don't know where they are. So it must be a gravity well. Um, so gra this is a prototype ship. Um, it's kind of indicated that this is the first Star Destroyer with it. In the novel Tar Tarkin, there's a ship that has a gravity well projector on it that is in the plot. Mm. Um, but 
gravity well projectors first appeared in Scavenger's Hunt, a 1989 wow. Star Wars Legends role-playing adventure written by Brad Freeman for West End's Games. Mm. So a lot of stuff comes from that. Um, they also put it from that West End Games into some old novels. I think the original Thrawn trilogy had a bunch of stuff in it with the gravity well ships. Um, and then... Like I said, it appeared in the 2014 canon novel written by James Lucerno Tarkin. So that was the first appearance of it. Um, so how they work, we're going to get into some weird sciencey stuff that I actually don't understand. Um, so I'm just going to give you the information as I found it and we can kind of do what we will. Um, they produce gravity wells, which a gravity well is like the pull of gravity produced by large objects such as a planet. So... That's why ships can't enter hyperspace from the atmosphere of a planet because the gravitational pull is too strong. Um, and so I guess wow. any large object produces this gravity well, which um, I'm a little confused if it's just the natural gravity of the planet or if there's like a specific force around the planet that's the well of it. Um, the reason I say that is because there's a book called Ray's Survival Guide that came out around The Force Awakens, which is kind of like her diary. She said that she surmises that the Imperial forces at the Battle of Jakku, as they were kind of dying and they knew, like, everything was lost, they locked on all the New Republic ships with their tractor beams and pulled them into the planet's gravity well, and that's why all the ships crashed onto the surface of Jakku. Um, okay. Which, that's the part that I don't understand, because we've seen, like, Star Destroyers and stuff flying in the atmosphere of planets, so, like... If you just need to get stuck in the gravity well, and then it f pulls you to the ground, how are big ships ever flying in this atmosphere? Hmm. Maybe it's like the ships were trying to take off in hyperspace. Okay. And then they like tricked them because they were in the gravity well and they didn't know. So it like has to be the combination of two, like you're in the atmosphere and you try to take off and crash. I don't know. That's the part I'm confused about. Okay. Yeah. I... I'm having a hard time wrapping my, my head around that. <laughs> I know. It's weird, right? <laughs> Blowing my mind, man. Um, but we did actually, in Solo, in the Kessel Run, that's what that thing, that, that vortex thing, uh -huh. um, that there's the big squid monster, that was a gravity yeah. well, too. So we've yeah. actually seen one. Yeah. And I, we've yep. seen a couple in the comics, but, you know. Yep. I, um, yeah. Wow. So that was kind of interesting, even if it is mind-boggling. Yeah. Oh, there it is. I like that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to get that Ray survival guide. Yeah. Um, so back with the ghost crew, as we mentioned. So before they were able, before they were sucked in by that Star Destroyer, Sato is able to send a partial distress signal to the ghost crew. So the ghost yeah. crew is kind of seeing it, but gets cut off. And um, he is able to get out that they were pulled out of hyperspace, which they yeah. think is impossible. But Sabine corrects them. Phoenix, home to ghost. We've been pulled out of hyperspace. The Empire... The transmission was jammed. But still, that doesn't make any sense. You can't pull a ship out of hyperspace because you never know exactly where it is. A tractor beam can't get a lock. That's because this isn't a tractor beam. It's a gravity well. When I was at the Academy, they were developing a new cruiser with gravity well projectors powerful enough to pull a ship out of hyperspace. Well, it looks like they finished it. Yeah, well, yeah, she was during the Academy. She knew about this weapon that was being yep. developed because that was her area of expertise, right? Weapon development. 
Yep. Um, so she knows about it. This is she has valuable information, and I, I have to say, I'm not a big fan of Hera's flippancy here. <laughs> what do you mean? Um, I don't know. She's like, oh, do you know what? Let's send Kanan and Rex to teach them a lesson. It's like <laughs> I, I get that being caught is like a common thing to them, but it just seems like when the I don't know. Totally. Ezra is a pretty crucial member of the crew at this point. Why wouldn't everyone go? Like, you know, we have some chores to do. You guys go try to rescue our friend who's being held by basically <laughs> space Nazis. Like, it's yeah. just, I don't know. It's like, just send them so they can have a teachable moment. That's totally true. It's like the Mellor run, run again, but this time people's lives are yeah, at stake. That's great. That's a great yeah. way to think about it. That was totally <laughs> a fine situation. They're just going shopping. Oh, maybe this will bring them closer together. Great. Yeah. But this one just seemed, come on, I don't know. Well, she mentions that it makes sense for Rex to come along because he has all the stormtrooper knowledge so he can help them get in and use stuff to be kind of stealthy. And then also he has his soldier training, so he'll be valuable. But that doesn't make sense why only they can go. Yeah. Like, why don't you bring a big crew with Rex? Yeah, doesn't make sense. Granted, Zeb won't really fit in stormtrooper armor, so maybe he's out, but while by the way Hera is saying this behind her stand two members of Phoenix uh, squadron <clears throat> who I'm gonna I'm gonna dub a give these guys a new name every time similar to Star Trek's red shirts right yeah. these these dispensable crew members in rebels the equivalent to a red shirt is a half shield. <laughs> half shield I like that you know what I mean these they're just it's just any person who the animators were like you know we don't want to animate their full face just give them a half shield so we just have to do the mouth totally because we're there they don't matter and it happens so many times in this episode and I went back and it happens a lot throughout the rest of the series so we have a half shield Hera with two half shields yep I like that is yeah. the, are the Imperials half shields too or are they like no, they're, low hats no they're just their helmet faces <laughs> and they're stormtroopers and DJ, like DJ DJ Death Squad, you know, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, Kanan is not happy that Rex is being included on this mission. Um. And I, I mean, this is kind of a nice like touch. It really gets the, the anxiety of the issue. Is just he's like, but he he's a stormtrooper. All right, everybody, gear up. We're going out there. Not everybody. You and Rex will go to that system. Find that ship, and I bet you find Ezra and the others. Not Rex. I'll take Zeb or Sabine. Rex's military experience will be invaluable, and he can also impersonate a stormtrooper. Right. That's because he is a stormtrooper. No, he was a clone trooper. Same thing. It's just like he still doesn't make the differentiation. He is still like he's gotten, he's obviously worked with him a little bit, but he's still just so anxious about that. Um... And Hera points out quite rightly that he's different. He was never even a stormtrooper. He was a clone trooper, which is different than their enemies of current day. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fair. But uh, regardless, Rex and Kanan are aboard their ship that was stolen. And I like kind of uh, Rex's funny moment or Kanan's funny moment here of uh, how do we keep stealing these? Like how does the Empire like basically you know 
so remiss and idiotic that we are able to steal this many ships. Yeah, dude, there were so many good lines in this like two minute period. A lot of good lines. I liked the, so Zeb is like, here's your costumes. And there's like people in them still. I know. That made me laugh. Where did you get those dead bodies from? I know. Well, they were still alive. He just like knocked them out. They were like, you can see one of the dudes is like, uh, (laughs) it's just like, I like that touch. Um, and then also, I also like that. I mean, Rex takes the helmet off and looks at it, but like, you don't see it. They cut it off so you can only see the helmet because they don't want to show you what a stormtrooper looks like underneath the helmet. Ooh, nice. Um, and then, yeah, the stealing the shuttle thing was really good. Then he makes fun of Rex's big butt. Look, for the record, this wasn't my idea. Just try to act like a professional. What if you get in there and forget whose side you're on? I would never be on their side or wear that junk armor. Carry your disguises. <sighs> <sighs> Perfect. This garbage is nothing like clone armor. Looks a little tight on you, old man. Yeah. Well, at least I know how to wear it. As he's like squeezing into it and kind of does that weird shuffle thing. <laughs> um, and then they get into the shuttle that they stole and Sabine had drawn a picture of them like happily frolicking inside. Yeah, there were like bit emojis of them behind them. Yeah, I thought that was really good. I also want to point out too that the sexual tension between... Kanan and Rex is thick. It's like, it's like, just get a room already. Uh, I think I might have just lost Mike. No, I'm still here. Oh my god, I'm here. <laughs> I'm just not going to respond to that. Rewatch the episode and you'll you'll see what I mean. I'm not happy about being on this mission. Really? That wasn't clear. <laughs> So, Ezra. <laughs> well, we didn't. So, we skipped over the introduction of Admiral Brom Titus. Yeah, who I like. I like this guy quite a bit, actually. Yeah. I liked him. Um, I was looking into his background. They said he was inspired by the, the extras from the original <laughs> movie because they all just like looked like weird 70s guys. That's great. I'm so glad that you found that out because yeah. I was like, man, this is a, a, a lost member of the Beatles right here. <laughs> like, totally. He looks so like uh he looks so British and I really like it. Yeah, I was like looking up his background, his bio and all that stuff to try to find any interesting nuggets. The only interesting thing that I could find about about him that wasn't said in this episode was despite being a high ranking Imperial military officer, Brom Titus appeared to have no combat skills. Yeah, he's a musician. What do you expect? <laughs> yeah, totally. I just wanted to play him a banjo. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good impression. Thanks. That's uh, that's Paul. This one's George. <laughs> this one's Ringo. <laughs> Those are good. And this one's John. Oh. Thank you. Those are, that's impressive. Good job. <clears throat> Thank you. I watch a lot of Beatles nope. movies. Anyways. Uh, so Sato and Ezra are brought to the bridge to meet our friend Titus yeah. on the mysterious ship. And Ezra st- stupidly gives up man he's got to use a new pseudonym because not only is his pseudonym stupid <laughs> but he uses it so much that he's apparently getting a reputation for using it i know and what would your name be young man jabba the hut indeed you are a tad small for a hut but i know someone else that goes by the name jabba ezra bridger i imagine agent Canis will be quite pleased to hear you have joined us secure them 
There's a kid going around calling himself Jabba the Hutt. That's Ezra Bridger. Yeah, I don't think he knows what uh, secret identity is supposed to be. No, he's not very good at it. No. And they know who uh, Sato is um, right away. Mm-hmm. And this was just a lucky pull. Like, this was this is the equivalent to, and this happened to me once when I was a kid, they're throwing in a, a, like a hook into the water without any bait on it and just they accidentally grab something. They're like, oops. Ooh. And they, they pull a fish and they have no idea what they just caught. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and Sato says he's part of the corporate alliance, um, which was a conglomerate active during the final years of the Galactic Republic. Um, that was part of the Confederacy of Independent Systems during Whoa. the secessionist movement. Okay. Um, so Passel Argigitate, I don't know how to say it, and I don't really remember this guy, but he was one of the main separatist council dudes that huh. we see. Um, and he was in charge of the corporate alliance. So he's basically a corporate uh, alliance. <laughs> yeah, I know. Is it like it made me feel like they were like, are they just like the Walmart of Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, like it's that's what it sounds like the corporate alliance. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's like Walmart plus Target. You're like, yeah, corporate exactly. alliance. <laughs> we we care about your retail retail needs. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, but so there's the rescue underhand as you were getting to. Yeah, I um I'm a big fan of this rescue because yeah, for the first time I feel like Ezra has so much agency. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of this episode to me is just kind of silly fun. Um, it's fun because I think the jokes land and they work well. I think if the jokes didn't work, this would be a real bad episode. But I think it's yeah. written so well, and the in my mind the gags are successful enough to make this silly episode successful. Totally. Um, That's why I wanted to call out Matt Mitchinovitz because yeah, it, it's written so well. Yeah, Uh-oh. and I, most silly moments in Rebels, I would say, don't translate. This one's a bit more adult in the humor, I guess. Maybe yeah. that's why. Um, it's it's skewing a little older. Um, but at the same time, I think you know, I think kids could laugh at it, which is hard to do. It's a, mm-hmm. it's, a it's a tight line. Totally. Uh, yeah. So you are. Probably referencing the actual quote unquote rescue of Ezra, which first of all, I just want to ask you, is this Ezra's first badass moment? Like actually yes. badass moment? Yeah. Well, you know, there were some that seemed kind of like a fluke there. Yeah. He, he's had moments where he's like, he's unknowingly channeled the force and used it to do some pretty cool stuff. But I don't think he was really in control of it as much as the force was. This totally. seemed like the first time he's able to like in unison with the force do some real badassery. Yeah, um, because so this like, whole sequence is so cool. Yeah, and there are two yeah. moments in this that are so good, and I think it was such a Jedi move to be like, "Don't worry, I won't hurt you." <laughs> yeah, like that promise, was like, like, "See, I didn't hurt you." I know that was like an action star line. He's like, "It's like a what did I just watch?" Um, the Kingsman, where like Colin mm. Farrell is like, he locks the pub door, and he's like, "Manus maketh the man." And then, like, oh, Colin Firth, uh, not Colin uh, Farrell. It's like, manners maketh the man. And then he, like, smashes a dude and just beats all their asses. Like, that's what it reminded me of. It's just like, dang, that was cool. Yeah. Um, But, so, and this move, I absolutely love. I've never seen anything like this in Star Wars before. And it's so good. The Stormtrooper has Ezra's, 
lightsaber on his belt and Ezra uses the force to turn it on so it ignites while yeah. it attaches Stormtrooper. He's just like jumping around like, oh my god. And then like he jumps out of his thing and just beats them all up and it's pretty sick. Yeah, that was a cool move. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> it was really good. Yep. I, yeah, I, I'm still I'm just thinking about it and I'm kind of like giddy. I'm like, ooh, I like that a lot. I know, um, totally. So once Ezra successfully um, takes down these three troopers, he rounds the corner to two other troopers, and he, <laughs> this is the, pew, he I think shoots this is the them. funny part you were mentioning, right? Well, there's a couple, but this is this is one of them. This is and, my favorite part. And he stuns two troopers unknowingly because they all look the same. It is Kanan mm-hmm. and Rex. What just happened? Oh, um, did you see them? Uh, we were so outnumbered. There was a firefight, a, a big firefight, actually. And you guys fought great. Uh, thanks. <laughs> All I saw was you. You shot us! I can't believe you uh, shot us! I mean, you 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 were dressed like stormtroopers. Yeah. You showed us. <laughs> I said it to stun. Yeah. Well, you should have used kill. What? Well, just in case it wasn't us. I mean. Yep. It's funny. So like, he stuns them. They're on the ground, and then all of a sudden, Chopper rounds the corner. He's like, "Wait, Chopper, what are you doing here?" Oh, we're going have. He's like, you just shot Kane and Rex. He's like, oh no. Takes their helmets off. Yeah. And they kind of wake up and like this whole sequence is great. Oh, big fight. You guys got, you guys got knocked out, but you did great. You like beat a bunch of people up and we really took it to them. And then like Chopper snitches on them and shows the hollow recording of Ezra shooting. Yeah. This is actually a cool character moment too, because, um, Kanan is mad about it, but Rex just thinks it's funny. Um, and so, and he's trying to use it a teachable moment saying like, well, I mean, why'd you stun us? Because it should have been set to kill. You didn't know it was us. And then Kanan's like, wait, but if it's set to kill, we'd be dead. Um, and then it starts another big argument between the two. Oh, this odd couple. Yeah. And actually, I thought this was kind of a good, um, I don't know, like kind of, kind of, kind of hit home, but, um, they're kind of arguing. They're trying to figure like that argument turns into like, okay, what do we do now? Do we split up? Do we destroy the ship? Like Rex wants to destroy the ship. Kanan just wants to get out of there. And then all of a sudden, so Ezra's like, you know what? Quit it. I'm done with this. This is the reason I took this mission is because I needed to get away from you too. Whoa, 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 whoa. We are not splitting up. Let's get Sato and get out of here. The kid's right. We have to destroy this ship. Do you know how many stormtroopers are heading this way? Doesn't matter. Can't afford to we separate. We have to protect the fleet. Will you two quit it already? Part of the reason I took this mission was to get a break from this. Okay, Chopper and I will meet you at Sato's ship. And I think that kind of hit him hard and they were like, oh, yeah, we're, we're affecting the kids, honey. Yeah. Also, a kid thinks you're annoying, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so tune in a little bit, guys. Yeah, speaking of family dynamics, I like how, like, Ezra kind of goes, he's like, we're doing this now, and he kind of takes charge and he just leaves, and he's like, screw you guys, I'm out of here. Um, and Caden says, well, sometimes he takes after Hera. Oh. Yeah, which is kind of interesting, too, because it's, like, just more of the family dynamic. Yeah. Blow, blow, though, man. Yeah. No blow. Um, so Chopper and Ezra, they are looking for a way to sabotage the ship, right? That way they can, the uh, Rex and Kanan can pretty much rescue the crew members who are captured and Sato. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really see what Chopper is doing to the ship. That's kind of like a, a surprise. We don't know what he is sabotaging. But there are some mm-hmm. cool moments here again. Not as badass as the next scene, but Ezra and the DJ Death Squad. Um, <laughs> do you know what's funny? So that's all I know them as. What are they actually called? So, oh, I actually know that. Um, let me let's see if I can find it. So these people... They said this is the first time we had seen them. Oh, the like Imperial Weapons we- Technicians. Oh, awesome. I was going to say weapons technicians. So Yeah, so they look similar to the dudes shooting the Death Star lasers, but they yeah. have different color logos yeah. on their helmets because they're working on an experimental project. Yeah, I remember looking these guys up. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I this, I this you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is my favorite Imperial helmet. Oh. Um, yeah. We know we talk a lot about the helmets. These are my favorite ones. Um, hmm. I love them I in the original they trilogy. Weird. They are weird. I think that's why I like them. Is they're <laughs> yeah. so like I, I don't know. They're totally. so weird. they're so weird that I'm kind of into it. Yeah, they're like much different. Like because I feel like they, the stormtrooper, like the tie fighter helmets, just kind of look like stormtrooper helmets, but with a little bit of extra accoutrement. Um, but these are just completely out of left field. Like I've never really seen anything like them in Star Wars, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah. So Chopper says that he is a re- he knows how to sabotage the core and he has a plan. So Ezra goes to distract these people. And I just kind of want to say, like, um, what the hell, Chopper? <laughs> like, he's a psycho. Like, uh, what the, how the plan actually unfolds? Yeah. So he. So jumping well, ahead, yeah. No, jumping ahead, but then also here. So he, he. The gravity, he disables the gravity, so everyone's floating around. Yeah, sure, not that bad. And then he just turns it back on and drops all the people in the room to their death, including almost Ezra. So there's two <laughs> things. So first of all, he's like, yeah, Ezra's like, you horse. better not. And it's like, you could tell Chopper's kind of thinking like, should I kill Ezra or should I let him live? All right, I guess I'll let him live. And so he lets, like, Ezra falls onto a like bridge and he's holding up. And then Chopper rolls over his fingers. Yeah, like a little, little crazy <laughs> in my droid, I guess. Yeah, he just like, yeah, it's not enough that he just killed everyone, but he almost kills Ezra. It's I mean, he violent. has mass murder tendencies, so totally. I'm, I mean, we've seen Chopper hide bodies in sewers, so this isn't, know. This isn't the craziest thing he's ever done. Yeah. I also want to point out that this is, this is a trope that I hate, and I think I've brought it up before, but as part of the distraction, Ezra like jumps out and goes, come and get me and it's like yeah. why would that ever work if, if I mean, someone did that to me i'd be like wait a minute this is a distraction let's go find the actual thing going on i think it'd work uh i'm gonna i'm gonna jump on his side like if there was a <laughs> i would never do this but let's say there's a police officer i'm trying to get I, if i jumped out behind a bush and threw a soda can at him and went come and get me he'd probably he'd probably chase me maybe but i feel like i would like because if i was actually trying to get away I would just run and try not to say anything hmm. and not get attention to myself. Okay. So it doesn't make, like, I feel like it's such an obvious ploy that like, okay, there's something more going on here, <laughs> but maybe in the heat of the moment, yeah, you get swept up in all yeah. that emotion. We got to get them. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. So while they're doing this, uh, Cannon and Rex reach the detention cells where Sato and his crew are being held. Yeah. Yeah. They get them. 
And Sato is surprised that Ezra <laughs> basically is competent. Yeah. It's like, get off my back, Grandpa. Come on. And I, this is another really good scene mm-hmm. where Ezra displays some pretty awesome Jedi moves. He, like, his Jediing is Dude. off the hook right here. Yeah. He, like, parkours off that thing. And it's so cool. Yeah. Uh, really freaking awesome. And Rex and Kanan kind of, I, we have their moment. Like, there's one line in this, mm-hmm. which I think pretty much sums up the entire episode, what they're getting towards. It's like, it's the climax. Um, yeah. Not to, you know, not to, you know, belabor your metaphor there. Mm, sexy. <laughs> um, so, I want to ask you real quick, this is silly i mean it doesn't really apply here because i mean we they kind of know where everyone is right now but before they put the ship on lockdown it's like search all the areas like why doesn't the empire ever have security cameras i feel like this happens all the time where like they're infiltrated yeah some ships do and some ships don't it's weird we've seen them before it's not like they don't exist they're in the jedi archive it's just a funding issue so it's just yeah I don't know. They never seem to know where the people are on their ships when they're like infiltrating. Just funding. Just depends on where the funding is. I guess so. So um, they end up rescuing Sato and um, Kanan and Rex are leading them back and they're overpowered. So there's a ton of stormtroopers that are kind of pinning them down. They don't know what to do. And so Rex decides he's going to stay behind and he's going to hold them off. moment where can and Rex just need to get a room he's like you don't have to do this to impress me um he's like i'm just doing it get off my back and he closes the door on kanan and fights the rest of the stormtroopers allowing sato and kanan and the crew to leave yeah meanwhile yeah. rex puts up a good fight um i'm impressed but he ends up getting stunned and brought to our bud titus yeah and I love that scene. I love the, the door closing on Rex as he's being held and the torture mm-hmm. droid coming at him. I, I like that. I like that old, you know, like that, uh, that call back to a new hope. And yeah, the, there's a lot of little things like that in this episode that I, that I really like. Yeah, totally. So this, this is a little touch about it. They say that, um, he is going to, um, the interrogator droid is programmed to kill. So it's basically going to torture him to death. It's not, it doesn't have a setting to like just instantly inject him with something and kill him. So basically he's, he won't give up his rebel friends. Titus is trying to press him. Won't work. So he's just going to keep torturing him. Um, and I think this leads to a really cool kind of subtle shot where Rex is getting tortured in the bridge and they're fighting a bunch of stormtroopers at this point they have reunited with ezra and kanan is kind of like autopilot like he's just standing in the hallway not (laughs) looking at anything staring off in the distance but his lightsaber hand is still like deflecting blaster bolts and stuff and this is when he senses uh rex's pain 
And I feel like that's such a cool, like, he just lets the force take over. Like, he's not even really paying attention to what's going on, but still being a total badass. I yeah. That was sick. Yeah, I think it's a really good moment. And we, we jumped over a moment um, mm-hmm. that I really like when Kanan and Rex are firing at stormtroopers and Rex throws his helmet at one of the stormtroopers <laughs> and hits him in the head. And then yeah. there's this other awesome move where Kanan uh, goes, okay, I'm going to pull him, you fire. And oh, he yeah. uses the force. And if there are any Overwatch fans over here, this is totally Arissa's halt move, which is like a magnet of like suck people over here and then shoot them. <laughs> it was so funny that Kanan uses the force to pull these stormtroopers out of like their um, like their secure shooting spots yeah. in the open for pretty much that Rex to murder them. So brutal and so cool. Yeah, I think they even say something like it's like a clones and Jedi working together again. Pretty good match, huh? Like kind of showing like why they made such a good team in the Clone Wars. Yeah, Yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out. That was a really cool thing. And then jumping back to your moment, um, right when Rex goes to uh, uh, right when Rex is being tortured, Kanan, when he senses that, also says, and this is what the whole episode has been leading to, is I've got to go get my friend. Oh, so sweet. You know, so there's the moment. There's the moment we've been yeah. waiting for. Yeah. Canon has a little crush. Yeah, a little. <laughs> um, so, as Titus prepares to finish off Rex, bring that torture droid in for the last final blow, which, by the way, I don't remember what episode it is, but we did a deep dive on all the, all the accessories this tor- torture droid has it's oh, pretty yeah. intense um but as he's about to do that Kanan runs in and saves his friend yeah nice yep. little moment so he's saved they mm-hmm. get back on to the not tanty four <laughs> <laughs> yep that's <laughs> all i can call it yep um and they're headed back but yeah. how are they going to escape chopper yep well, they, I don't know why they did this. I want to ask you that, actually. I mean, I guess narratively, I don't understand. I guess if it's just a mechanic thing, but they are kind of cut off from Ezra and Sato and everyone. So they tell them all to take off in the ship and Rex and Kanan escape in an escape pod. But then they just get instantly picked up. So I don't really know narratively why they had to split them up, why they couldn't have just been on the ship the whole time. You mean, well, they got, I, I guess the logic is Sato and the crew, like, didn't want to hang around. They're like, we got to go, we got to go now. And they figured yeah. they'd be okay on their own. Well, I'm actually, so I have the episode on, on, uh, on mute while I'm, wa- while we're recording this right now. And it's at that exact part right now. And the skate pod takes off before Sato and his crew. Well, it could be just a big ship. I mean, maybe it's like, sh- crap, we got to yeah. run like four football fields back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, Rex did say earlier in the episode he's too old to be running, so maybe he's just too lazy to get back to yeah. the ship. Or maybe by the time they have to cross the full ship, they'll get captured again. Yeah, fair. Okay. It, it could fair. it could could just be like, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's my explanation. Yeah. So, but as you were saying, they take off on the ship and the baddies prepare to capture them again using the gravity well projector. Yeah. So this is another chopper as a mass murderer um, mm-hmm. moment because <laughs> <can> you, <laughs> he uses the gravity well. 
Yeah. To pull the ships together. No, mm-hmm. no, there's no way anyone survived that. Yeah, so he he sets it. The sabotage, we find out what Chopper did was he sets it so it captures every ship in the area, not just the rebel ship. So this is a psycho move for two reasons. First of all, as you pointed out, there's two cruisers plus the Star Destroyer, and the two cruisers crash into the Star Destroyer and kill so many people. And oh, I want to point out, too, this is such a cool explosion. The yeah. animation on this is yeah. so cool um so it's a ch- it's obviously he murders a ton of people yeah so that's psycho the other thing is what would have happened if like they activated the gravity well thing like this only worked because the blockade runner was the furthest ship away so what if the blockade runner was closer than the other cruisers and it was the first one to crash into the star destroyer and killed everyone on the on all the rebels. I <laughs> uh, like that. Well, I think Chopper had set like a delay, right? Because he was like, Ezra was like, wait for, uh, okay, wait for it. Wait for what? Like they were waiting. Yeah. So he set some kind of time. So they knew they would get away or yeah. that was, they didn't know that was the hope, right? Maybe, you know, yeah. He, he I preferred it. That you're probably right, but I prefer to think that Chopper just didn't care. <laughs> He's like, if we go down, if we go down, we go down. I think he just like was hoping he gave himself enough time. Like, okay, I got 10 minutes. We'll see how it happens. Yeah. It's like, screw these fleshies. Um, I will say at the episode, as the episode ends, we see Callus mm-hmm. and other Imperials flying away. Yeah. And I find so much comfort in Imperial transports for some reason. Like the actual model design and them appearing in episodes, they're just such a comforting ship to me, and I don't know why. Like uh, yeah. every time they appear, I'm like, oh, I love that. I know those. I, yeah. lo- I love those. Um, and I think it's a really cool shot in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I don't know if we mentioned this, but a lot of um, Titus's motivation was he's kind of acting out of ego. Um, he reports back to Callus that they have Ezra. And Callus is like, put him under triple guard. And he's like, we're the Imperial Navy. We can handle a small child. And Ezra and Callus is kind of like, hmm, we'll see. Um, so I think he's really afraid that Callus is going to be proven right. And so it's kind of, kind of sucks that we see Titus floating in an escape pod and he is picked up by smug ass Callus, who was right all along. Yeah, he knew it. But, you know, he has maybe some conflict going on inside him, so hmm yeah that's, that's all i'll say uh, yeah and then the last note i had it is i like it's kind of like a the chewy moment from a new hope um sato there's rex chopper ezra and kanan and sato turns over and goes my crew and i owe you a debt of gratitude all three of you not chopper the dude who actually blew everyone up and saved all their lives just yeah. the three humans well <laughs> i'm gonna disagree i think that's different Chew- chewbacca is a sentient being Chopper is like, you know, when I thank someone for coming along, I don't also thank their phone. And thank you for bringing your phone. Like just <laughs> yeah, but device. Chopper, he, he's got a voting, he's got voting rights within the mm. ghost crew. He's obviously more yeah. than just a phone. Yeah, I suppose. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I just feel like it's insensitive. Chopper's laugh at the end is way too human for me. <laughs> Gentlemen, my crew and I owe you our gratitude. All three of you. Thanks, Commander. You know, when you two aren't fighting each other, you fight really well together. Jedi and clones. Now I get it. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah. my god, he's such a murderer. 
such a mass murder it's so scary he does that flex thing too he's like oh i killed all those people i want them i want them to do a making making a murderer with chopper (laughs) that'd be so good (laughs) oh my gosh maybe that's a bonus some bonus content we could release like hiatus no one steal that (laughs) copyright for making a murderer chopper yeah Uh, cool did you have any other notes no, that that's uh, all we got to say about this episode. I thought it was funny and successful. Yep. Cool. You know, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, I guess there's nothing more to say about it. Hey, Rex. So how we end every episode, Peter, is uh, with a grading scale that if you're mm-hmm. this far in, you know, you probably know how it works too. So Peter, how would you, on your scale of worst to best thing in the current Star Wars canon, would you rate this episode? So currently my favorite thing in Star Wars is the Last Jedi throne room battle scene. Um, you know, what? it's more specifically than that. It's the fact that Ray chops off someone's head and it gets set on fire while from the lightsaber and then that head hits the curtains and causes a fire in the middle of the throne room scene. That's oh, so sick. Oh, okay. Um, my least favorite thing is the hit jizz song performed by Cy Snoodles in the 1997 reissue of Return of the Jedi entitled Jedi Rocks. Oh, boy. <laughs> so between those things, I give this episode... Ray yelling at Finn, I know how to run without you holding my hand, which I think was like a really, really funny moment, but it was maybe buried in that in Force Awakens with like all the, that's not how the force works and, you know, BB-8's thumbs up and yeah, all the other funny moments that overshadow it. I think that's a really sneaky, funny, cool moment. And it has a lot of character development because in that moment you instantly knew who Ray was. Like she's not a person who needs to have her hand held. All right. Wow, that's very thoughtful. And so you know what? That to me is an A. Ooh. I all right. loved this episode. Wow. That's yeah. That's, that's pretty good. All right. Well, you know, I have similar feelings. Um, so cool. my scale is um best being the poetic death of Yoda and Return of the mm-hmm. Jedi to uh, the low point of Han Solo got his last name from a cheeky Imperial. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I yep. give this episode a, hey, that's my dinner. Um, <laughs> Luke yelling to Yoda in Empire Strikes Back when Yoda steals his dinner, which looks like a Twix bar that does not have the caramel or chocolate on it, just like yeah. the Crunchy Center. I'm like, what is your dinner that Yoda is stealing? Um, the Think Thin Bar. Yeah, I think it's such a funny moment. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, and I give this so that translates to about a B plus for me. Nice. Um, I also want to say that the person who pointed out that moment to me is my buddy Dave. You know Dave. Mm-hmm. Chicago um, Dave. No, not Chicago Dave. Oh, Ball Dave. Dave. Music Dave. Yeah, Music Dave. San Francisco Dave. Yeah. Okay. Um, he had the funniest thing where he talks about that moment. He always thinks about anytime someone says "Hey," he <laughs> says he thinks about two moments in film. Um, one being. Hey, that's my, hey, that's my dinner. <laughs> um, and then Your impressions are killing this episode. <laughs> thank, thank you. That's Luke. And then another one where he goes, um, Hey, 
we were saving that from <laughs> Jurassic Park. And he's always, he's, he said, and this always sticks with me, <laughs> that he's waited for, a, he needs one more hey from a movie. Like, hey. And then like somewhere else from popular culture. That way he has three references to like perfectly round off that. <laughs> But he can't think of another hey. And so I'm throwing that out there to everyone. Let's help my buddy Dave. What's the third hey from pop culture? Yeah. Email us. Leave leave us a iTunes review with the third hey from pop culture. It's been eating at me. Seriously. <laughs> Ever since he said that to me like four years ago. I'm like, oh my God, I have to figure out a third hey. Oh my gosh. I like that. Hey, that's my dinner. Hey, we were saving that. And then, <laughs> hey. So, I don't know. so help oh me gosh. out. Help me out here, buddy. I'm racking my brain. I can't think of one. Well, while you think of one. Yep. Everyone, you know where to find us on social media, right? Mm-hmm. Twitter, Instagram, at Rebels Rebels Pod. Yep. Um, you can email us also at RebelsRebelsPod at gmail.com. But the best way to get hold of us, as always, is to leave us not only a five-star review, a five-star rating on iTunes, but also a review. If you leave us a review, tell us your grading scale. Tell us a hey from popular culture. Or just like... Tell us something silly. Give us a Star Wars story. We will read it out on a deep dive episode or a bonus episode, and we look forward to those. So Very thank you to everyone who's done that already. Very much looking forward to those. Mm-hmm. And in the famous words of Shmi Skywalker, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm telling you, you said it. Oh, you just took the veil of secrecy away. Be brave out there. And don't look back. Don't look back. Hey, that's my dinner. Hey, we were saving that. (laughs) See you. Bye. All right, I'm back. Cool. My grandpa has been, uh, (laughs) (laughs) my grandpa has been, uh, he, anytime I'm recording, he wants me to put a sign on the door so no one walks in accidentally. Oh my gosh. Which is so nice. Which is really funny. And so I made one that just said like, you know, on air. And he said, he told me it wasn't very good. So he made, I just walked outside and he made one for me that said, the big sign that says, do not disturb making memories. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I kind of want to put that at the end of the episode. Yeah. Oh God.